Good morning, Father, and we thank you for the beautiful day you have made, that we may rejoice and be glad in it. Open our heart and eyes to the knowledge and the truth of your word as we listen to John and Ellen in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning, friends. Here we have them again to continue their session on our marriage series. It's pastors John and Ellen Bradbury. God bless you as you listen. Hello, I'm Helen. And I'm John. And welcome to Marriage Matters. Yeah, this is our second uh, session. Uh, last time we looked at what it means to be one flesh uh, in marriage. It was taken into each into consideration rather than just being the individual. Yeah, not thinking of ourselves, but thinking of our partner. And we're going to take that theme a little bit further today as we talk about communication. I'm going to read from uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and all the verses. If I speak in the tongues of men and angels, but have not love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and surrender my body to the flames, but have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It isn't proud. It is not rude. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails, but where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part, but when perfection comes, the imperfection disappears. When I was a child, I taught like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put childish ways behind me. Now we see but a poor reflection, as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part. Then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. But now these Three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. So that passage uh, is often read at weddings, uh, but its context is it's not about marriage at all. It's actually about uh, using spiritual gifts within the church and how it doesn't matter how gifted you are, how special, how able to speak in tongues or prophesy you are, if you're not doing it out of a spirit of love, then you're nothing. 
nothing at all. And then it goes on to describe what love is. So although it's not for marriage specifically, it's actually really useful to think about marriage in terms of what love is. That love is the driving force. You know, that's why we get married, isn't it? Because we're in love with someone. Uh, so often, uh, relationships are often uh, brought on about attraction and romance. But actually, once, you know, as you grow old or if you were to have an accident and you weren't as attractive, or, or even, you know, once the novelty's worn off a bit, you're not, the romance can, can go. Yeah, or, 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 <laughs> yes, definitely. Um, then love still remains. Love is deeper than all that glossy stuff like you see on the movies. That, that A lot of it is just romance and, and attraction rather than deep-seated love. Well, the reason I wanted to use that passage as well when we're talking about communication is because it talks about tongues. Okay. And, and, and it's, it can be like... Well, the gift of tongues gives you the ability to speak the good news and for others to hear it in a way that they understand it. That's how tongues manifested at Pentecost. Right. So everyone heard the good news in their own language. But the trouble is when we start talking to one another, it can sometimes be like we talk in a different language. Yeah, well, we do it all the time, don't we? Because you, you'll say, what do you mean by that? And I'll say, what do you think I said? And it's not quite what I was saying. Oh, I understand. Oh, yeah, exactly. And it's like, we're just not speaking the language. And if that's the case, you, you get into this thing of communication breaks down, not because someone said something wrong. It's just that it's been interpreted differently. It's, it's just uh, communication rather than marriage. Or... I, I think it works as communication across any relationship. Okay, so it's but, not but just for marriage. It's not just for marriage. You know, if you're not married and you're listening to this, then, you know, communication with friends, yeah. with family, uh, as a parent, with your children even. It's, mm. it's kind of, you know, when teenagers are t typically stroppy or, yeah. or two-year-olds are having the terrible twos. You know, it's not because they don't love you. It's because they, they're communicating in a different way and they're hearing your message differently than you're intending it. You know, when we're thinking we're caring, they're thinking we're being overprotective yeah. and, and things like that. So it's important in communication not to jump to conclusions. Uh, I say as a pastor to people, uh, you know, if you think I'm not loving you as my congregation in the things that I say, you need to go back to my primary concern is to lead you before Jesus and to love you. And therefore, if I say something that you think is a bit harsh, or a bit, I'm saying it out of a spirit of love, not out of a spirit of wanting to have a go at you. If I preach... Uh, from the front and something touches your heart and makes you sit up. It's not because I'm reading your mail. <laughs> it's because God is using that communication to speak to you. And, and if, you, if you say this person who I'm talking to, we have a, a real relationship and we love one another, yeah. then 
if you're not getting that message, it's not a case of, oh, you don't, you always, all those negative things we say is, the best thing to say is, I'm not getting where you're coming from here. Yeah, but that, that's not going to go down too well either. No, no. Because you've said that before to me. Yeah. And you know. so, but but, but, but of course, you have to be careful. You have to be careful. <laughs> um, you know, don't jump to conclusions. Assume. Trying to talk. It assume it's there and try and talk it through. Now, this thing about us speaking different languages, Gary Chapman's written a great book called The Five Love Languages. Uh, there's also a website, fivelovelanguages.com. So I'll, I'll say that again. It's five as in the number five, lovelanguages.com. And there's resources on there. And I'd encourage you to take a look at it. it. You might find some things out about yourself. You might find some things out about your partner. Uh, but we're going to talk a little bit about those five love languages. So uh, I'll... I'll kind of say what they all are and then we'll go through them one at a time and we'll, we'll talk about how these impact us or we've seen them impact other people. So the five love languages are words of affirmation, quality time, physical touch, acts of service and receiving gifts. So let's, let's start off with words of affirmation. This this is as simple as me saying to Helen, love you. Thank you. Yeah, or thank you, or that tea was great if you've cooked, or... Are you looking nice today? Yeah. And, and of course, words of affirmation, that's about encouraging, about being positive. It can also mean it's not about kind of lying either, is it? No, no, because my, my bum doesn't look big in this. <laughs> yeah, you know, the, the question is, does my bum look big in this? No, your bum is big, you know. <laughs> but you wouldn't ever say that, gents, so I'm just giving you a warning. But words of affirmation, if someone says, do I look good in this? If they don't, the answer is, I don't think that suits you. You know, it, you're, not, you're not lying, you're not saying, oh, yes, you do look good. But what you're saying is it doesn't suit you because let's face it, different clothes oh, suit different people in different colours. Yeah, and <laughs> I don't think it suits you is you're putting the blame onto you, not, you know, and any words that could be interpreted otherwise, you know. And, and, and it's things like, you know, when your wife's been to the hairdressers, noticing, <laughs> you know, it, it's those kind of of words of affirmation just uh, uh, so us wives appreciate your haircut no not necessarily no, no for us it's, it, I guess it, it, this is very stereotypically male and female roles but you know if you've done a job thanks for doing that is the, the kind right, of okay. you know to do it it's it's like oh, but you've actually put the hoover on so yeah it's not, yeah, yeah. And, and and it's those positive things asked. you've done something uh, the second is quality time uh, this there's a myth that we don't spend much time together but the time we do is quality time because actually that's rubbish you know if if your love language is quality time it means spending time and quality it's quality and quantity that matter uh, yeah. and this is you know um you may well be apart and not like us kind of we work together 
we're together most of the time. But but actually, for some of you, that will you may work away. You you, you may spend uh, days, weeks, sometimes months apart. Or you might have a hobby. Uh, yeah, or a hobby or, or, or other things. And therefore, that takes up your time. But it's about, you know, when you're together, when you're having that time together, being attentive to one another, focusing on one another. Well. And being present Not, like, on, not on my phone, yeah. <laughs> and, 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 yeah. And it, it's kind of all of those things that are important. And I know Helen likes quality time, smacks me on when I'm playing on my phone at the wrong time and things like that. So it's important to give quality time. And then uh, physical touch. Yeah, some people like hugs, don't they? Yeah. Uh, they'll drop over hats as Yeah, uh, other people, uh, I think we, we saw it at the, the funeral of uh, the Duke of Edinburgh, where uh, Camilla, the Duchess of Cornwall, reached out to Prince Charles and held his hand. It's just that I'm here for you. I'm there. And, and if if touch is your thing and you've not been touched for ages, it's like your tank's on empty. It's like, oh, oh, and you're all edgy until you get that that touch. And and to be honest, kind of the coronavirus stuff and lockdown yeah. has shown us just how much some of us value touch mm -hmm. and how others have been completely unaffected by it. It's almost like... Yeah, the, I think, I think that's the thing that I think. Yeah. Even the people that not too close to you, they have probably missed. Yes, and, and as time's yeah. gone on, they've missed it's, it even yeah. more. Uh, the next one, this, this is my yes. kind of thing. It's, it's mine. Yeah. Acts of service, you know. Don't tell me how great I look. Don't don't spend loads of time with me. Uh, don't buy me gifts or whatever, unless you're going to do the things that I, you know I like. You know, this works in a workplace as well, doesn't yeah. it? You know, if I walk in and someone's not done a job, yeah. I think they don't really care about me yeah. because Probably that job's not bad. Yeah, no. because acts of service. Uh, uh, I mean, this I is like uh, quite relevant in the home as well, isn't it? If you've got kids and they leave all the stuff lying around and, and, and you feel as though you've got to clear up after them, they've not they've not shifted their own stuff. Yeah, uh, that can be really frustrating if you if you're that way on. Is it? I'm I'm always clearing up after you, and it, it can get yeah. you down. Can't uh, and, and of course, we get stuck into that that negative emotion of it's never tidy you'll always leave or a mess yeah or you never wash up or, or all of those things and that becomes destructive and and so one way to say it is you know one way you could really show your love is to do that washing up because that's one of the things that really I really value when you wash up without being asked, that's a really good thing and, or anything else for that matter. But it's about using affirming words to say those things. And, and the, the fifth one is receiving gifts. Who doesn't like receiving gifts? Yeah. But some people really like, really like receiving gifts. Now, if you're not a receiving gifts kind of person, you might need prompting. I'm definitely not a receiving gifts kind of person, really. No, Although, yeah. if you if no one buys me anything at all ever, I, I do kind of notice. Yes. But actually, I'm not big on on gifts as such. 
it, it, it's the thought. It is more the thought that counts than the gift for me. But, but you like gifts, don't you? You, you like flowers. But I'm not spontaneous, so Helen has to remind me to be spontaneous. So uh, we have flowers. It, or even or even jewellery. Oh, yeah. If we, if we went into the jewellery shop, then it's like... You know, you, you could find me those without me knowing. Yeah, and, and so it's an, it's about listening, isn't it, to, to how we communicate and understanding. Oh, 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 it's just making it. Yeah, yeah. And, and so with these these five things, you, you might be sat there think, thinking, well, how does that work? And, and I, I'd want to say, how does your partner show love for you? You know, one of the big things that, you know, uh, often happens, and again, it's a stereotype. Not it can work both both genders, but you know when the bloke says, "I've been," you know, it's a Shirley Valentine line. I'm working my tripe out for you. Working a lot. Yeah, I mean, in working a lot, you know, I'm working my guts out. I'm doing all this work, and you're not grateful. That's because probably the man is an acts of service kind of guy. And he likes to show love by work. But if if female um, was at home and doing being the homemaker, um, as well as maybe going out to work, but uh, being the homemaker, especially if you've just had kids or something, uh, equally, uh, you know, being the gentleman coming home and being appreciative of yeah. uh, what they've bought. <laughs> That could work the other way around because because the lady could go to work and the gent could be at home with the gent, with the children, yeah. not being the homemaker, or for whatever reason. Yeah. And the thing is, if someone is working such a lot and you're a quality time person and you're not seeing them, rather than say, "I don't see you enough," yeah, you've got to say it's great that you're doing all this work for us, yeah. but. You know, one one of the things you could show love for me is to do a little bit less and just give me a little bit more time if that's your your thing. Or if you're doing all this work and earning all this money, you could buy me a gift once in a while. It's it's about communicating, and it's best done together. So if you're looking at love languages, don't look at them on your own and then try and psychoanalyze your partner. But also, we're no. Quite often, a more of one, maybe. Yeah. Because I'm more of one. And I like a little bit of this level, but, but some, no centre on yeah. acts of service. And, and it's about communication. If you want to look at love languages, do it together, have a laugh. You know, um, that, that thing of don't put your partner down, don't stereotype them, stereotype yourself. Laugh at yourself rather than at your partner, yeah. because because that that allows you uh, to. Now, of course, you might know the love languages, you might be communicating, but difficulties happen. So Helen's going to read again from Ephesians four. Uh, we, we're going to read verses twenty six and twenty seven. We're missing out twenty eight, not because it's not important, but in the context of this, it, it's kind of an aside. Uh, and then from verse 29 to verse 32. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you're still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, 
that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Great words from Paul. And the, the main thing I want to say on this is that thing, do not let the sun go down on your anger. You know, you might have had an absolute ding-dong, you know, and of a row. You might have been really upset. But before you go to sleep that night, make up, you know. Agree to disagree. Agree to disagree. If, if it's a disagreement, but agree to love one another. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not self-seeking. All those things. And so, <coughs> just do that. Just love one another. Just say, I still love you. It's okay. I think, I think if you do go to sleep without making up, as it were, um, you can easily forget what, what the reason was you argued. But that um, negative impact on, on the relationship can remain. And then you, but you can't remember why. But so, but then you go into the realms of maybe not talking to one another, and and, yeah. and it escalates for no it reason. It does, and and that's why Paul says these words. He's saying them to the church, but it's equally true of married couples. Do not give the devil a foothold. Yeah. You know, we said last last time, didn't we, that that marriage is more than just marriage. It's it's spiritual as well. God designed us to be together. Yeah. And the devil's design is to break those relationships. And so do not give a devil a foothold. You know, you might be the most Christian person around, but if you have disagreements and you don't deal with them, you are letting the devil in. The devil's not finding his way in. You're opening the door with your disagree disagreement. So communicate well, make up, tell people you love them. And the, the other thing that Paul says here is do not grieve the Holy Spirit. You know, you say, well, what does that mean? It's, it's kind of like the Holy Spirit is always with us as Christians. But, you know, when we become disagreeable, we cut ourselves off. We exclude ourselves from the Holy Spirit, who is the helper, the comforter the guide, the one who comes alongside. So don't upset him and shut him out. Remember that marriage, as the marriage service says, is a symbol of the love that Christ has for his church. And so love one another. You may disagree at times, but don't be disagreeable. Keep yeah. that communication going. So I hope that's been helpful for you. And we'll see you next time. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you so much for joining me on Review this morning, friends. And until next week, when we shall have a bit more time as the teaching won't be as long. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit. 
be with you and your entire household now and forever. Amen. I do.